Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from somewhere in the western half of Canada. Episode 74, A Random Sad. Curled up in bed this morning with my partner, taking a rare moment to stay there for a little bit during this holiday season, with nothing whatsoever wrong with my life, I found myself inexplicably and yet genuinely sad. This is certainly not the first time this has happened in my life, and I've had moments of it over the last couple of weeks as we ran headlong into a Christmas season that I certainly did not feel prepared for, but this morning's sadness has been a little more persistent. As a result, I'm applying the strategies I have learned over the past year to be kind to my brain as it works through whatever set off this latest iteration of its tentative knocking at the door to remind me to take care of myself. I can't be the only one who gets the random sads. The ones that sometimes come on, inspired by who knows what, from the turn of a head or some other trigger, to chemical and hormonal imbalances, to a moment when the brain can finally catch up and take stock. And they stick around for moments, or hours, or days, or longer. But I've learned a thing or two over the last year, and where before I might have spent a good bit of time today telling myself I have nothing to be sad about and I should just get a grip and get over myself, I know that kind of self-talk is useless and harmful, and I have better ways of approaching things now. There is no such thing as a negative emotion. This is perhaps the hardest thing I've learned over the last couple of years, in part because society seems hell-bent on ascribing goodness and badness to everything around us, sometimes in mutually exclusive ways. But it is also the truest thing I know. Emotions just are. How we express them externally and how we manage them internally are the important pieces. Today, I am managing my sadness by naming it and acknowledging it, which serves to lessen its power. I am cataloging the physical experience of this sadness, the way my head bows forward a little, the tightness in the intercostal muscles between my ribs that prevent me from taking a deep breath, the ache behind my eyes. I am holding and examining all the possible causes for this sadness, feeling a little overwhelmed about the new contract I have started, even though I know I'm perfectly capable of doing the work. The first Christmas, I haven't been with my parents and sister in my entire life. The acceptance I have reached that my fiber arts teaching career will have to proceed slower than I'd originally intended when I came here, as my writing and contract work picks up. Hormones, because I'm female, and that is a fairly regular thing. Fewer hours of sleep and less exercise than I'd intended over the break. And as I've been doing this work at managing this emotion, it has never overwhelmed me, and I count that as a win. I've also been doing things today to manage the stressors in my life. I asked a friend to go with Randy to get firewood because I knew I had a lot to do. I took time to prepare for tomorrow's meeting about my contract work. I knit for a little while, starting a new project that is technically part two of a Christmas present. I gifted the yarn with the promise of an accessory of choice made from it to follow. I had a nap. I cooked proper food for dinner. 
I did the dishes and laundry because I feel better in a place without clutter and mess. I kept the fire going so I stayed warm, and I let the cat outside when he started being too noisy. I drank water. I put on fun socks this morning that have cloud shapes on them like sasquatches and giraffes. And I'm writing this essay and not hiding from the fact of my sadness. This time of year can be especially difficult for many people. There is an expectation of joy and goodwill in the season, and for many people it can be a time of unreachable goals, busyness to the point of overwhelm, and loneliness. I have been extremely lucky in my life, and I know it. My family gets along very well, we care for and love one another, we take deliberate steps to manage the commercialism of Christmas, and even being away from them this year, I still connected with them because technology is grand for that kind of thing. Randy and I hosted a couple of friends for Christmas Eve, the important night for those of Scandinavian descent like me, people who otherwise would have been on their own, which gave me a great sense of joy. We rested together, which we desperately needed, and worked on a few things around the house together, which we finally had the time to do. And now I am sad, and that is okay. It doesn't change how pleasant this time has been. It doesn't mean I reject the premise of peace and goodwill. Rather, by embracing the onset of this emotion, I can allow myself to be peaceful with it and treat myself with goodwill. If that isn't the meaning of the season, then I don't know what is. I hope your holidays have been restful. If they haven't been, I hope talking this out with you today helps you be kinder to yourself, to accept whatever has happened and whatever you're feeling, and that you will give yourself permission to do what you need to do for yourself to get you through it. Sit down with a project you want to work on. Maybe wind up some of that new Christmas yarn and make something for yourself, or sit down at your wheel with something lovely and let the rhythm of the treadling recenter yourself. If you start to cry, let yourself. I am sending all my love and wishes out there to you. A virtual gift that you can keep tucked in beside your heart whenever you need it. You'll get through this, just like I will. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Sorry about the end there. I'm better now. Uh, let's talk spinning. So the three ply of that Nepi cotton silk blend actually went really well. I think it's better than the two ply. It's got a bit more heft and and it just has that bit more bulk. And there were actually a, l- a few more spinners at the guild last week. Not last week, the week before. And we talked about it, and they were surprised at how cool the yarn was, too, like just like me. And so we talked about it, about you know what it might be used for, and whether it was actually worthwhile continuing with the, the project, and went back and forth about how we might accomplish that. And they said they wanted to help me with it, which I was kind of startled by. I shouldn't have been, but I was. They're like, can we card that for you? And I'm like, I don't know. We'll have to figure that piece out. But we talked about using the equipment and all of that stuff. We decided it was a worthwhile project to to do. We just, uh, 
continuing to talk about things, we decided to prioritize something else. But I'm not going to tell you quite what that is because it has to do with the article proposal I submitted to Ply. And the reason that we decided to prioritize that particular project over this cool neppy cotton is because I, I looked up the dates for the Ply magazine article and I'll find out in March whether or not it's accepted. But then it's due by June, which is not a lot of time. So if they do accept it, we need to be like totally on the ball. So we're going to do some work on, on that particular fiber. But again, I'm going to keep it kind of a secret right now, just in case Ply accepts the proposal. And if they don't accept it, it's no big deal. It's still going to be cool to talk about when it comes down to that. So there we go. So that'll be my guild stuff coming in the new year. And, you know, we can't work on that other fiber all the time. So I'm sure the neppy cotton will be a thing that happens. I said in the essay that I've kind of accepted that fiber arts is not going to be my full-time work in the foreseeable future, and that does make me a little sad. I'm not going to lie. But I've been trying for at least the last month, if not more, to, to make the time to, to prioritize the time to actually develop some of the course ideas that I've had and, and some of the things that I want to do with fiber arts, and I just haven't been able to. I just haven't had the time. So I sat with that a lot over the break here and in the end decided that, you know, if it's not in the cards right now, it's not. If my contract work and my writing work, which I love, don't get me wrong, I love the writing. It's just not what I saw myself doing when I came here and it's just something that I fell into. So, so yeah, I've just kind of put a pin in the whole fiber arts thing, the, 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 the course development and, and that kind of thing for now. Now, does that mean the podcast is going away? Absolutely not. I love recording this podcast and I've missed it so much when I didn't. So yes, the podcast is still going to exist. I want to try making some videos because, you know, I, I, I want to learn to video edit and I want to, to share some of the things that I do know and, and that's that people have asked me about. I want to share those those pieces with the world. So I am going to do that. I am going to work on those things. But in terms of, you know, course development or or the, the like the making fiber arts the major focus of my career, that is just set to the side right now. Now I'm gonna keep checking in with myself, making sure that you know, the, the direction that, that my career is going is the way I want it to go. Um, the contract that I've taken on is only until September. At that point, you know, we'll have a better idea of... I'll have been here over a year at that point. And, and so we'll, we'll have a better idea of where we're going and, and all of that. And, and at that point, maybe I can reprioritize it. But right now, it just... it can't. And you know what? That's okay. It'll happen when it needs to happen and when, it, and when it's the right time. So that's really all I've managed to accomplish spinning-wise over the last couple weeks, which, again, I'm kind of okay with. I actually did manage to sit down at my wheel a couple times as things kind of sort of slowed down. I, I got a little bit of spinning in, and that felt really good, you know, and, and, and I, I, do, I do love it, and I need to do more of it. So 
by by giving myself permission to to not feel guilty about not working on the course development stuff i can actually just sit and spin which will be really nice all right so moving on to level four the last time i guess we're going to talk about level four so i'm on to the final project and this level it's the long one it's 75 hours that is a long time to spend at any one project so if you're doing this i recommend either make it a fairly large project if you can deliver it to your instructor if you have to mail it i mean fine yarn really small needles or weaving something maybe that will work out but bulky yarn that's gonna be way too heavy so so either make it a, a big project or dye it because dyeing of course takes time so what did I do? I had designed a shawl, the uh, the learning to fly shawl. I was using this as an instructional shawl when I taught lace knitting for the Edmonton Weavers Guild. And so I needed to knit it again anyway from pattern. So I decided to knit it uh, for my final project. And I also, because I missed out on doing the yarn recreation in level three, I decided to recreate a commercial yarn to do this because Mark had given me a hint that maybe I needed to actually practice doing this. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge to anybody who's out there. So I did. I took a look at the commercial yarn that I thought would be very good for the project and I deconstructed it, measured the twist per inch, measured the angle measured the wraps per inch of the yarn and also the plies, all of that. So, and then I sat down and did my math and, and came up with a whole bunch of things. And then I started to sample and I, I just sat down and uh, reread all the four pages that I wrote, uh, basically going over everything I did for this final project. And yeah, I was pretty methodical about that. So the yarn I wanted to recreate was 75% merino, 15% cashmere and 10% silk. I had a whole bunch of stuff in my stash. Certainly the Bombix silk I had lots of from the levels. I had a bunch of merino and I bought some cashmere and I bought the brown cashmere because I was going to dye it anyway. And then I had trouble with drum carters and <laughs> oh lord. I had this old drum carter at the time and I don't know if it was the way it was set up or the teeth were too coarse or whatever, but I could only get 10 grams on it at a time. And when you're trying to cart up 200 grams, that's a lot. And things were getting neppy and all of this stuff. And so then a friend loaned me her Ashford drum carter and that went a lot better because the 50 grams would fit on there. So that was great. And, but it still made naps and oh, on and on. And then once I'd made the bats, then I lashed them onto mini combs because I wanted to spin it worsted. And then I made top from the mini combs and that was fine and dandy. And then I spun them and that was fine. I used my e-spinner and then I applied them and I, you know, I had rigged up a um, shoebox Kate because this was the first time I tried plying with uh, Hansen e-spinner bobbins on an Ashford Kate and I didn't realize at the time that you actually had to prop up the front of the Kate in order to 
you know, get because they're so tall, the bobbins, in order to make that work. So I did a shoebox, and the god, they got away from me, and that was just really bad. And then I died, and I died in bags, and I did three different strengths of yellow and one of blue, and then the bags split, and the blue bags split and got onto all of the yellow, and I had green splotches, and oh my god. Honestly, the whole project was a disaster from beginning to end. And then when I got finished with knitting this shawl, I was at 55 hours. No lie. Had to be 75. Oh, what do I do? Okay, I'm going to knit a little shawl for my lamb. My little lamb that I always take pictures of for my podcast. She got a shawl. So I did them in little mason jars because I didn't need to... to, uh, have the bag thing repeat and uh you know i did all the math and i knit the little swatch and and i did all the math except i hadn't knit my swatch big enough so all my math was wrong and i had to like totally shrink the pattern and when i got to the end i was at what was i at 71 hours and 22 minutes and i said screw this i am not doing anymore to try and fill three hours and 38 minutes so fine I learned a lot in this project and one of the things that I learned was you just have to sort of accept, especially when you're committed to a project like this, when it is your final project. Like honestly, those shawls, besides getting photographed for the the pattern, have stayed in my binder. I haven't taken them out, just the whole thing, I uh, like I said, what did I say here? Had this been a project done for enjoyment only, chances are I would have given up, torn back, and tossed the yarn into a deep, dark corner of my stash for a few years. And that is true. And it's still true. This was years and years ago, and I still have those feelings of frustration when I look at the project. But when you commit to something like this, you have to just see it through and, you know, submit it for marks. So I did. And my instructor gave me some comments. There were some things that uh, she told me that I you know, had missed talking about in the report. Eh, whatever. I was <laughs> having marked a few things now. My report's pretty detailed. So I'm not going to stress about that. And I got 60 marks out of 75 for my final project. Not 100% sure where she took those off. It was not detailed. And you know what? I deserved it. It was not a great project. I still got through it, so I'll take it. But yeah, because it's such a long project, you really have to kind of sit and go, okay, I have to manage my time and I have to make sure I have enough. You don't want to go super far over but you also don't want to go too short. So that's my one thing about the level four final project is is pick something that you think will take the time and then as you're working through it, keep an eye on that time because you may need to add something else in like I did. So there we go. That's the end of level four. Next episode, we're on to level five. Fiber Notes. 
I finished the head row mittens and I immediately started to wear them. I didn't even take the time to block them. I just, you know, it's chilly and they're beautiful and warm and I love them and I just started to wear them. So I, I will probably block them eventually, but probably not until it gets a little warmer. They might even need washing by then. So, you know, they're, it's a really great pattern if you're looking for a fingerless mitten. My one, okay, it's a free pattern. So I, that's wonderful. My one minor complaint is that with the increases and decreases, I had to sort of fudge it every time I knit it. You know, it's like how it says, just continue in this manner, it says. And, and so you just have to do what feels right. In, in my case, in, with the increases and decreases, I did not just, you know, like knit front and back. Occasionally I purled front and back just because I thought that would look better. So again, my one little quibble with the pattern, but I mean, really, it's a free pattern. It's really detailed, except for that one point, and it, it works great. It's beautiful. I also got a couple more rows into the wedding shawl. I think four over the last couple weeks. They are getting really long. It's at least an hour now for each pair of rows. So, you know, that's, I mean, I don't mind stopping in the middle of a row. It's not a, necessarily a bad thing, but uh, I do like to complete the rows. But I have stopped in the middle a couple times. So I'm getting there. I think I've got, I think, four more pattern rows and then the bind off and then I can block it, which would be amazing. And then it's ready. And I still haven't set a date. Ugh. I'm getting there. I did start a new project and partly because it, it is, like I said, part two of a Christmas present. I, I gifted the yarn to a friend and said, you know, we'll we'll type into Ravelry the, the the weight, which is DK, and the yardage, which was about 270, and we'll see what patterns come up, and you can pick one. And so she did. She picked the Circumvolute hat from Hunter Hammerson. So this is a hat, it's a paid pattern, and it is two versions of a hat with some slip stitch cables. And one just has spirals and the other has sort of a zigzag lightning pattern. And so my friend um, picked the lightning pattern. And the other cool thing about this pattern is it doesn't actually give you a needle size. It gives you three different gauges. So you actually have to gauge swatch before you cast on. So it gives you three different gauges and three different stitch counts. And then tells you what circumference of head each of these will fit for both hats. That is a lot of math. I will pay someone to do that math for me. I don't know about you. I that's totally worth money to me. So I've I've started it. I'm only into like eight rows into the 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 brim or the bottom uh, rib of this hat. Uh, but you know, it's like I said, really really lovely pattern. So the yarn is double double. It's a DK weight yarn from Black Cat Custom Yarn in Chilliwack, BC. The colorway is Nemesis. I got this from their seconds. So that meant there was something wrong with the skein. And because it was the appropriate weight and 
that had no knots in it. The only thing I can think of is that it didn't quite match the color of Nemesis. So it didn't pass quality control on that particular colorway. But it's beautiful. I got it at Knit City in September. It's a, a variegated green. So some some dark greens and light greens and whites all through it. It's going to make a really, really pretty hat. And I'm actually thinking because the pattern is so versatile and lovely, I'm actually thinking of going, once this is done, I'm going to go pick myself up some DK weight yarn somewhere and in a variegated colorway and <laughs> make myself one too. Probably with more whites. I, I have a red hat which goes quite well with my red fingerless mittens. My new fingerless mittens are gray, more, more white and gray. So I'm kind of thinking I need a hat to go with that. We'll see. I know I talked last time about how many projects I have on the needles and I'm gonna finish this hat and then I'm gonna work on some of the others. I have a hat to get through this year. I can do this for next year. It's no big deal. I didn't get anything nitty for Christmas or spinny, and that's okay. I did get a lovely uh, merino wool cardigan from Pollen Sweaters, and uh, that's going to be my new, essentially, winter jacket. No word of a lie. I do not need a puffy winter jacket this year. It is so cool. And I'm, uh, I've ordered pockets to be installed. Not installed. I always say that I, I, every time every time I talk about this, I talk about pockets being installed on my cardigan. Um, but I don't even know what the other what a appropriate word would be for that. Anyway, I've ordered pockets. They're in production. When they're ready, I will drive out there and they will knit pockets onto my cardigan, and that will make it even better. So that was the only fibery thing that I got for Christmas this year so far. I know I've got a couple packages in the mail from friends, and I expect there will be yarn in my future. Maybe. We'll see. Anyway, I hope you all had a, a wonderful holiday, and that you got some yarny things, and, and that you can cast on with some of your Christmas yarn. Cranking on the fiber side. I record this segment to keep myself honest and yeah wasn't able to do any cranking at all over the last couple weeks not that I haven't thought about it you know it sits there and taunts me a little bit every day when I'm at the office but I'll get to it I will by the wayside Our front room is also dark when it's overcast and it has been overcast for the last couple of weeks so I haven't really had much desire to sit down and try and work out what's going on with the accolade but you know I, I, I've moved a lamp and that will give me more light and so I'm committing to spending some time New Year's Eve during the day working on the accolade because I can't go into the new year not having worked on it for over a month. I just can't. So next episode, expect to see some progress on the accolade. And for everybody out there, I hope you have a wonderful New Year's. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for joining me for episode 74. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 75 on January 12th, 2020. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at bythefiberside, that's F-I-B-R-E, at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside. <laughs>